We are on the trail, 103.3. I'm Craig. My guests this morning representing the Historical Museum at Fort Missoula, Curator of Collections, Ted Hughes. How are you? I'm fine. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. How long have you been with uh, the museum? Well, about one year. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What a great place to, to find yourself. It is. Yeah. They've got, they do great stuff out there. And everybody I've met from the museum is so passionate about what they do out there. They are. They The staff works really hard and really apply themselves, that's for sure. Yeah. What, what, what was your experience before you ended up out there? How did you get there? Well, I was at the, the worked in the collections at the Missoula Art Museum for almost nine years. Okay. Yeah. So you like collecting stuff. You know about collecting stuff. Mm-hmm. You're in charge of collecting stuff. Taking care of it and doing all the paperwork. Yeah, yeah. My other guest, and let me let me get this correct here, the University of Montana's Dr. Rachel Gross. But wait a minute, somewhere in here I had a better description. Let me see if I can find it because this is impressive. That's not there. You guys have a second? You going anywhere? We're no. right okay, here. you're good. You're with We're me good. on this. We're okay. with you. <laughs> let me go down to this email then. Um, here it is. Here it is. Okay. Uh, my guests this morning include, hold on, this is a good one. Okay, Dr. Rachel Gross, postdoctoral teaching, research, and mentoring fellow, Davidson Honors College, University of Montana. Is that That's correct? That's right, yeah. Is that all fit on a business card? Do you put that on a Really business? small letters. Really little tiny mm-hmm. font, little, little tiny font. Uh, so... You're at the University of Montana. How long have you been over at the University of Montana? A year and a half. And and what is your uh, history that, that you ended up at UM over there? So this postdoc position, they were recruiting from all sorts of disciplines, and I think they thought someone who does the history of the outdoor industry would be a really good fit, not just at the University of Montana, but in Missoula as right. well. Right, and, and, and you were doing that where? You were, um, University of Wisconsin is where I did my graduate work. Oh, okay. Work. Is that Madison? Madison. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Did you see the the, the uh, forecast for the Midwest this morning? It makes me very happy to be right here. It does. Yeah. Uh, Brainerd, Bemidji, some of those areas, 45 below mm-hmm. zero this mm-hmm. morning. Oh my Good gosh. God. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. I was talking about this earlier. I got a, a text from one of my brothers. Uh, well, all of my siblings are older than I am, and they're all retired. Uh, I got a text yesterday from... My brother and his wife sitting on the beach in San Diego with pictures mm. of the sunset and their feet up in a glass of wine, followed by a text from my brother in Minnesota saying the high coming up on Tuesday or something is seven below zero. So I guess, you know, we're somewhere That's in the middle cold. of that. That's too darn cold for yeah. a human being as far as I'm concerned. But <laughs> Unless you have the right gear. Right. Good point. Nice yes. way to get into it there, doctor. <laughs> Outdoor gear stories from the Treasure Estate. 75 years of outdoor recreation history. Uh, Ted, there is a, a premiere for this tonight, right? This, yes. this opens mm-hmm. tonight or today? Uh, we have an opening from 6 to 8 p.m. this evening. Okay. What happens at an opening out of the fort? Uh, we celebrate. Yeah. Um, there'll be students there who have been working really hard over the past year putting this exhibit together, and they will give presentations, okay. little talks about the outdoor gear in person. All right. And uh, there'll be all sorts of local dignitaries. Well, I don't know about local dignitaries. Dignitaries, it's, it's, it's an almost mm-hmm. unusable word in our town, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Local <laughs> folks that know about stuff and will show up, and you might have seen them before. We're expecting a wonderful turnout of outdoor lovers. There you go, yeah. which is a good portion of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel... 
describe how this came about. And, and what I, I should say, this is a history of how outdoor gear has has evolved over the years to uh, some pretty high-tech specific things these days. How did this project start with your students? So the project started with my recognition that, yeah, gear has changed a lot over time, but actually that cultures of outdoor recreation are so different in every place. So I was backpacking when I was younger, and people gave me all sorts of critiques about how I was doing it the wrong way. My pack was too big, or (laughs) I packed the wrong stove. And I realized that the rules I had for the right way to do things came from my cultural context and the books that I read and the people that I talked to, and that those rules can change depending on where you are. I realized then that what you put in your pack says a lot, not just about what you think about outdoor activities, but about the nature that you're getting back to. So we're looking at the history of technology, right? How has a backpack changed over time? But really what we're getting at is people's stories of outdoor recreation and what they think about the wilderness that they're getting back to. So your cultural hearth can have a lot to do with how your first interactions happened, obviously, with that. Absolutely. I was raised in Minnesota, so my first real trip outside of just camping with the family into any kind of wilderness area was a YMCA canoe trip into the Boundary Mm -hmm. Waters canoe area. Uh, When I moved to Montana as a young man, it was an entirely different approach to the outdoors. So how far back do you go in your your examples with your your, uh, curation? What what does it go back to? What's the oldest stuff? Um, around World War II uh, era, we have uh, some pack boards, so wooden pack frames um, that were in use at the time and people use for decades afterward. That's probably right. one of our oldest pieces. Yeah. I remember when my wife and I got married 23 years ago, and she had done a lot more backpacking than I. And I had I had, I had intentions. I had bought a frame <laughs> a, a, a backpack years earlier, but it was a, an external frame backpack. Mm-hmm. And she said, wow, I haven't seen one of those forever. And I'm thinking, I just bought it like weeks ago. <laughs> um, but it has changed a lot. Um, what what other kinds of gear are you looking at besides just backpacks? We have old cross-country skis and ski boots from the three-pin era. Um, that has also changed mm-hmm. rapidly. Definitely. Yeah. Um, climbing gear. Um, some different hunting bows, so really a wide range of sports. And all of these things, they're not comprehensive, but what it is is a reflection of Missoula residents' interests. That's where we got our stuff from. They were right. the, the donors, and so we're really telling their stories. What is it, what's the challenge in something like this that is so localized in terms of curating a show like this? Making it look nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have thought it would be more exacting than that, but that's probably the first part, huh? Yeah. Well, that's, that's been my role in the project because Rachel and the students did all the heavy lifting of going out into the community, meeting with people, tracking down the objects, right. uh, doing oral histories with the people. And then I could just kind of swoop in at the end and help them install the exhibit. Okay. Uh, are the oral, oral histories part of the exhibit as well? There's uh, a lot of... Um, explanatory information to go along with all the artifacts. So it's it's very interesting and very educational. And there's photographs and it's a, it's a very fun exhibit to go through and spend some time with. Sure. Rachel, what would you consider the the item over all these years that has had the the most changes over the years? I mean, are backpacks the one that have changed the most? Have skis changed the most? Or is there anything that stands out in your mind of, wow, that looks really different from what we what we see today? Well, actually, I, I would say that 
the one thing that stands out to me is the Whisperlite stove. It looks almost identical, the 1980s version, to the one that I use now in the, in the 21st right. century. But what, the reason I say that has changed the most is because it represents an era when we started using stoves and gas, stuff manufactured right. in cities and factories, rather than building campfires out in the wilderness. So that's the kind, the biggest change, right? Our, no, our notion that we could, in theory, leave no trace in the woods by bringing the right kind of gear with us. So it's not one backpack frame or another. It's a totally different approach to how we do the outdoors. That is so interesting that you mentioned that particular item because my first introduction to some of the really, at the time, uh, groundbreaking gear was not because I was backpacking or anything like that, but it was because I was cross-country motorcycle traveling. And a friend of mine showed up, I was living in Portland at the time, and a friend of mine showed up on his motorcycle from Minnesota. And uh, we went out for a, a run together, and he had this really cool gear, including this little tiny stove that ran off this little tiny canister. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, where did you get that? And he looks at me and he gets a big smile and he says, a backpacking store. Yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of like, a what? But it really, it, it, it started with the outdoor industry and, and kind of moved on from there. All right, so the what time do festivities get underway this the, today? 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Yes. Any, any dress code? Uh, you have to wear a parka, <laughs> ski pants, and some ski boots. That's the only dress. Okay. <laughs> That's basically a Missoula uniform, it so is. nothing out of the ordinary. It is. You know, I don't, you, you, I don't, you haven't been here for all that long, but there was a time when a new restaurant opened in this town, mm-hmm. and they required a sport coat. Do you remember that? No. Uh-huh. Yeah, they required a sport coat, and they even had a loner if you didn't have one. Mm. And even with loners, people were like, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> no. All right. You will both be there tonight? Yes. We will. Okay. And and you will be greeting at the door? Will you be handing out, like, little candies or anything? Well, well, we'll have refreshments, but I think that the reason to show up tonight versus any other time is to get that behind-the-scenes tour of the objects. So okay. the students and I will be talking about our favorite items in the collections nice. and the people who we interviewed who shared their stories with okay. us. Okay. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate you coming in. Thank Thanks you. for having Pleasure us Pleasure to on. have you both. My guest this morning, Dr. Rachel Gross. I'm not going to go through that whole description again. I think you've, you've, you've brought out who, who you are magnificently here this morning. And Ted Hughes, who is the curator of collections. Thank you for all your hard work. Thank Ted, I, I also want to mention, and we'll talk about this next month, mm-hmm. because I know we have people coming in from the museum. We also have, not to confuse anybody, but you have a really interesting uh, exhibit starting next month with uh, uh, concerning the uh, Vietnam War. Yes. Uh, always be curating is our motto. Is is that the general curator's <laughs> motto? I mean, yes. do you have a tattoo that says born to curate, curate to live, or live to curate, curate to live? Not yet, but that's a great idea. Okay, all right. It's just an idea. Rachel, if you're looking for something to, you know, thank him mm-hmm. for all of his hard work. Okay. We have a collection of artifacts from the Vietnam War that were donated to us by a Marine who was over there in 66 and 67 named Leon Howard. He's out of Frenchtown, right? He's out of Frenchtown, okay. yes. Right. And um, he took some incredible photographs. So we'll be featuring a lot of those. And he also brought some, I guess you could call it contraband, that I was surprised that he could ship out of the country at the time. That's yeah. pretty amazing, like Viet Cong uh, clothing, punji sticks, right. Viet Cong hand grenades, and then a lot of other— Shipping hand grenades these days yeah. would be an entirely, I, I'm guessing, yeah. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He was— 
he wisely disarmed them before. Good, good thinking, Leon. He, we appreciate that. Shipping them out. That but it's it. going to be a very – we want to, the exhibit to be presented through the eyes of Leon. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about that next uh, month as we yeah. get closer to that. Well, thank you guys for coming in. Thank you. Much appreciated. My guest this morning, Ted Hughes, Curator of Collections at the Historical Museum at Fort Missoula, and Dr. Rachel Gross from the University of Montana in that opening exhibit uh, tonight from 6 to 8 out at the museum. Oh, the website for the museum is? Uh, I know. I've got it up over here. <laughs> Hang on. It is? FortMissoulaMuseum.org. And check out our Facebook page, too. We have lots of programs, and that's a good way to get that sort of information as well. All right. Thank you much.